Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Joey, and today, Paulie and I are talking about how we build world-class coaches in our gym. Come up on the volume. Uh, wait, what are you? You're number, uh, you're number two. Coming up, coming yep. up. Come, yeah? Yep. More? Coming up, more, coming up, more, yeah, good, good there. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Droopy pants. Oosh. Yeah, I changed it, so I let, so I got, so you got the good one now. If Will's listening, Will, we need some more shit from Road. The podcast station is in disrepair. We don't make any money from the show yet, so we need handouts. If anyone wants to, if any microphone sponsors out there, microphone arm sponsors, we'll take it. I'll take anything that's free, actually. Pretty much. <laughs> Snacks. You know, on that, I haven't mentioned Panavore for a long time, our official coffee sponsor. Yes. Do you know why that is? Why? I don't. Because we don't drink coffee during the show anymore. Because we've started recording at one o'clock. And I think that we used to do 11, remember? Even then, it was kind of late in the day for the level of caffeination that was going down. Because mm. we had a big pot of delicious filter coffee to sip on for the 90 minutes. I thought we stopped drinking it because you stopped making it. Well, I stopped making it because I didn't. I'm like, <laughs> I'd drink it if it was here. Well, yeah, I probably would too. <laughs> but Tree's like, you, you need the coffee, and I'm like, nah, it's it's a bit late. I'll be fucking. I'd be. I, I would be buzzed all afternoon Friday from sipping that stuff at eleven. Mm. If I was sipping it at one, it would probably give me that early afternoon anxiety that you get from too much caffeination. Did you see? Dylan showed me on their Instagram yesterday that they got a new fucking digitally integrated self-serve um like batch brew fucking pouring tap thing i don't know if it's cold or hot but you basically go up to the counter and they've got these things that look like beer taps yeah and it's got a little screen on it It looks really cool and you basically press you want a coffee large and then you tap to pay and put the cup underneath and then it Dispenses your coffee, but it looks really slick. Really? Yeah. Like it's not cheap and... No, no, no. It yeah. looks, looks kind of like, you know, that cool little setup that you see at like the Bavarian Beer Cafe with the, the grill underneath. It's kind of built into the the bench. I saw it very briefly though, but it looks slick. I mean, it's it's Panavore. They're not, they're not doing itch, eh? No, they do the good stuff. They're going to do it. They're going to do it tidy. Oh, I've got to suss that. I don't mind a batch brew when I'm mm. over there. We should just get something else from Pandavore to have while we're on here. You know what I mean? Because it does so many other things. Little treats. Yeah. Maybe he has a nice tea or something like that. I'm a little bit like, if I'm not having coffee, then what's the point? You know? You probably don't realize how probably much a tea I drink. Of, man. I know, you've always been a tea person. It's just... As a, as a thing. Yeah. Oh, let's have a tea. Well, it's island culture, I guess. But also, coming into Tash... They don't do espresso? <laughs> In the village? I do know. <laughs> the beer, in the village. Um, no, Casual but it's, it's always about tea. <laughs> tea. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going there. I'm, tea I'm calling a, out stereotypes already. Tea and a bit of bread. Yeah. In a bowl with two tea bags. No, the but tea, Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because you might it, not have enough mugs. It's a, No, no, no. Because you want a big bowl of it. Okay. Because <laughs> that means you have more bread to eat while you're <laughs> sipping that tea. You know? That's great. Um, but nah, tea, man. Ta- so yeah, Tash, Tash's family loves tea, which is why we got together. That's why we've stayed together this long. Because <laughs> we have a love for tea in the afternoon, at mid-morning. Top tea, yeah. 
It's almost like the spirit ciggy for us. The spirit ciggy. You, know, you know the spirit ciggy? No, what's that? Um, what's her name coined it? The painter from um, from film yeah. who I was training here last year. I can, I'm blanking. Oh, My yeah. brother. Um, one day I came out of the studio and he was sitting there out of the studio door. They're rolling. The red light goes on. I'm just coming out for whatever and I see him just sitting on, against the wall. It's kind of in a squat lane. And he's just like soaking in the sun and just sitting there. And I was, he's a bit of a spiritual dude. I was like, how you going? What are you doing? And he's like, man, just having a spirit, Siggy. And I was like, <laughs> what, what? What? He's like, don't, like all those guys, he explained it, you know, they come out for Siggies, like they're smokers and they always get a break. They, get a they go break. out for Siggy. It's like, oh, he's having his Siggy. And you know that that's just what he does. So after every setup on the movie set, you have a Siggy. Every setup, Siggy. Lunch, Siggy. Add that all up, these motherfuckers are bludging like 60 minutes a day. Yep. So I took that from him where you just you have a spirit you after the thing. It's like I don't have to be – because when they do that, they really get a little moment to think about nothing and do nothing yeah. at that time. Yeah. So you'd go out for a spirit you and just sit there and just be and you don't feel guilty about it if you think about it that way. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's – it's so true. When you smoke, you really do get some privilege that comes with that. Yeah, it's like a oh, Siggy thing. It's like, either um, that or or taking a dump. Yes, guys, just going going off the lot for a bit. Ten two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you ever taken a spirit Siggy? Yeah. Have you actually here? Yeah. Here, uh, I've never thought about it here. Here, I don't I'm not craving. I get my times in here. In between doing admin or. It's just not that type of pressure cooker where you're like, oh, I need a little break to just relieve myself. So that we did in, you know, in the film industry here. Yeah. It's, yeah, I'll always take a break. Go outside, go down to the floor, walk across the road, take the shirt off in the sun. Being in the studio is a special, uh, it is a special kind of tension, isn't it? Special kind of pressure like mm. that comes along with that. You mm. are locked in a room mm. where it's like very, I don't know, you've got to be quiet at times. You've got, like you've got to be really careful what you're doing. Yeah, totally. Fucking hell, those days. Used to come home and, um, you know, I, I've always had, I've got afro hair. Before I used to have dreads, so I had more hair. But even just with a little bit of hair and this, like a bit of beard, being in the studio, they're filthy, man. I used to come home and wash my hair every day. Just black would come out. Black stuff. Yeah, it's fucking gross. You just wash it until it stops and then you're like, oh God, you go in there and you don't realise how filthy it is. You turn a light on maybe and you, like a, a striking hard light, you, you see all this dust backlit and you're just in this thing with like 50 people just moving around and there's always set dust, especially when those sets that are just like a desert scene or yeah. like a... Where they've brought in fake snow or something like that. It's gross. Dude, remember those fucking sets in New Zealand on Lion Witch in the Wardrobe? That was the worst. With the snow? Yeah. Uh, there was that one in particular that we're going to, the one where all those, was it all those turkeys fell asleep? Yes. They yep. put all the sedatives or whatever and they all fell asleep in the, the grass. But that studio, which wasn't a studio, it was a sheep. It was an equestrian centre. Is that what it was? Yeah. That was filth. Yeah. I remember like. Yeah, the shit that's coming out of your sinus. That's Because right. you're just trapped in there. All the doors are closed. Mm. And they're pumping in these machines full of this fake snow. And 
plus there's all the dust and I guess all this equestrian stuff. Funny story for the listeners because do you remember? Um, so they were in this equestrian centre. At that time, New Zealand didn't have the film facilities that they have now. So this Hollywood film came over. It was Narnia, Lion of the Witch in the Wardrobe. They weren't quite uh, capable of housing it while everything else, while the regular industry was going on. So they had us in these equestrian centres and Apple storerooms and converted these warehouses into makeshift studios. Problem is they don't have the rigging in the roof to cater for what you need for lighting, etc., etc. They don't have soundproofing. They didn't have soundproofing. Temperature control or any of that shit. So this one place, Joe's talking about the equestrian centre with the turkeys that died. Is Remember, so they were shooting and like, you know, these things cost, I don't know how much they cost per day, like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars every hour going yeah. out the door. So we have these fucking birds that are just flying around in the ceiling in the rafters. So they're trying to record these scenes and there's just birds tweeting. So we remember we couldn't shoot. So they're like, okay, stop the shoot. Everyone go sit out on the tailgate. Meanwhile, they've got people in there with like bits of wood trying to clap them out of the ceiling. We had the special effects guys who were making the ice bombs and throwing them up and like exploding, trying to scare them out. It was so stupid. Yeah. So they cancelled it that day. And then when we came back, it was all good. And we were shooting again. We look up and do you remember there was like a couple of dead birds in a few different space lights? Oh, no, I don't. Yeah, so up... We've got these soft source lights that are like, they've got these socks, silk socks to make the light really soft. And you could just see sitting inside them was, there was two of them that had like dead birds <laughs> in them. So it turns out to, to get rid of the birds, they went in and put poison in the rafters and fucking killed them. But the funny thing was that day was they left the bags of poison out by the trash and all those bush turkeys just came from the paddocks nearby and oh. got into that bag and then basically we're around our trucks and out in the car park where, the, where the, um, the lunch tent stuff was and there was all these turkeys running around going mad and dropping dead. And they, they brought in... No, weren't some, they... Weren't they, hadn't they... They were asleep, weren't they? They, they were sedated. Okay, they were sedated. It yeah. Some, it's something that fucking... They were just... They were running around mad though and they brought someone to come and look like a RSPCA or something like that yeah. to come and handle them because they were... They were trying to clean up the... Trying not to get sued. Like, this is some illegal shit. Yeah. And then, yeah, and all all I remember of that, like, I remember it going on, but I wasn't as in touch with, like, those little... Like, what was actually happening. Yeah. But I remember seeing... I was... Because I was more of a truck bitch at the time, so I'm generally outside hanging out with the... In the trucks and shit. And there's, like, some some crew, like, some art department or whatever out in the grass. Mm-hmm like hunting around to do it. And I'm like, oh, what are you guys, what, what's going on? And they're like, man, all these bush turkeys are, have fallen asleep. That's what it was. And uh, mm-hmm. if they stay out here overnight, they'll die because it gets so cold. Ah, that's Fucking what New it was. Zealand. And, uh, and, and so what are we doing with them? And they're like, oh, we've, had, we've made this little room after <laughs> the shed here where we've got some heaters and some blankets and shit. And so we started picking up all these, these passed out... <laughs> Like turkeys, and we put them in this room with this like warm and blankies, and, and I I don't know like if they came to or what, but it was like this is so ridiculous, like it was so ridiculous. Yeah, man. I mean it's just incredible because you you think of all the prestige and stuff that comes along with. Oh, I'm in the film industry, and we're flying to New Zealand to make a Hollywood film, and then you're out in the long grass picking up these fucking passed out turkeys. How much fun! That's so much fun, man. Couldn't write that. It's hard to explain what yeah what those uh, those gigs are like. Like even I didn't even know it was an equestrian center. It's just a huge warehouse. 
Kellyville, I think it was. Is that uh, where it was? That's what it was called, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, fuck. Good See, times. between the two kind of patchy memories, we brought it together and we kind of figured it out. In the That's end. a complete story there. <laughs> um, tell me about, uh, we went and did some training yesterday over at CrossFit. Well, it's not CrossFit anymore. Accelerate Strength. Mm-hmm. Matt and Sean, a couple of mates of ours. Sean's been on the show before, um, yep. way back, I think episode 70-something. Uh, but a couple of old friends of ours, it was a CrossFit gym. They still do CrossFit, but they're no longer like a, a CrossFit branded gym. Uh, but we took the coaches over there. We did some training. It was fucking awesome. It was the first excursion so we've done. Yeah, yeah, so good. Um, yeah, that's actually the last time I've seen Sean was when he came for the podcast. Like, you know, you're closer to them. Um, that's how you met your partner, yep. kind of through them, and you lived near there. Um, so you do some training there. Yeah, they're top guys, man. And um, first excursion, loved it. Should have done it ages ago. Do you um, remember when I first brought it up? I know. You remember T was really heat. really resistant? Yep. He was like, nah, tell them to come here. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, bro, that's not fun. We're here all the time. I love that about him. Fuck. I, I was trying to think of what that was. Like, yeah. I was like, why, why was he... Hey, I felt that this week. Did you? Yeah. Is a it little, the, little bit. Is it the vulnerability of, I don't want to take my crew to a new place where they might become influenced by it? No, no it's definitely not that because I want that. Um, they might see that the grass is greener elsewhere. Nah, I don't. I don't. I don't mind that. It was just more like, well, what is it? I didn't know what we we're gonna do there. I don't know what it was actually. It was probably more to do with busy week, and I didn't want to spend a couple of hours going across town. I know that sounds really petty, <laughs> but my hours these days are between Monday and Friday, and between if I can. X and Y soccer training Sun last night. Sundown. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's a it's a short day. I don't want to do it on that day and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I fucking, all that is in the past. It was so good. As soon as I pulled into the car park, I was like, yeah, this is the right thing. This is sick. Walk in and immediately, yeah, you just, horizon expands because you spend all the time in your own gym. You just don't go to other gyms. I love going to other gyms. I love training in other gyms and being in other spaces, even if it's in any time fitness or something, because there's something there that I, I learn or I see. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, that bit of gear or that whatever, that little drink station or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that one there, though, exceptional. Really good layout of the gym. Um, obviously, they have a different style of training to ours, but I have been in CrossFit boxes before, and that was a particularly well laid out one. Yeah, the rig in the middle, big wall down the side, really good light, high ceilings. It's got that CrossFit vibe where there's just gear everywhere in corners, and yep. you know they're not trying to hide it. I mean, it's obviously tidy and stuff like that. The gear is the aesthetic, almost. It is totally. Yep, the plates on the floor and everything. I was like, this is so. This is that. I love it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the so just the the environment and how they build their gym speaks a lot to the culture. Just the space alone. They had um, banners high above a chill-out space, which had um, was just recognising members of the year. Little crèche, little little shop. It was very well laid out, and I know that they've had a chance. They moved to that location from another place within that industrial zone, right? So they probably really had one space, and I'm imagining this is bigger than the first one. Did you go to the first one? Yeah. They had a chance to really, like, 
do it again and, and lay it out really well. It looked like a really good layout. Like the office upstairs, we can see the floor and you enter it from behind the desk. Like it's really nice, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like what they've done, the space and how they, they've managed the space with design. And then the visiting and, and, and having a session there with Matt, um, he basically took us through um, some training, but it was a lot to do with uh, upskilling our coaches and showing our coaches and us how they coach. Big thing for them is coaching and they've never – I was looking at their Insta this week and um, yeah, their coaching is like number one over there. Um, so he's really passionate about how he does it, very methodical about it. And fuck, it's extremely effective, and I think it was a great influence to our coaches and, and in myself because we do a different kind of style here. So, but it was really beneficial. Loved it. Yeah, it's cool. I loved it too. It's um, yeah, it's it's so it's so easy to get kind of. I said this yesterday. It's easy to get caught up in your own space and just that's that's what it is, and this mm-hmm. is training, and mm-hmm. this is how we, this is how I do it, and. And that's great. Like, there's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. But it is really beneficial to go outside and say, "Oh wow, this is how they do that." And it's such little things that you might pick up. Yeah. But they just expand your horizon of what's possible, or they for, they ask you, they force you to question things that you do, mm. or maybe they reinforce things. Ah, yeah, we do that too. That's mad. Okay, that's validated. Yeah, the thing that I, um the term that always triggers me. And the reason why I really love what we did was the term echo chamber. And I'm like, I, I I see that happen in any place, but like I fear that we become an echo chamber in here what, with everything that we do. But the first place that I see it happening, which I'm like, oh, that's, that shouldn't be that way, is like when we have new coaches come in and we show them the way that we do things and then potentially they accept it as so and they continue to do it like that um and i guess more specifically i'm thinking like warm-ups it's like oh we have a kind of this is our style of warm-up and then all of a sudden everyone's warm-ups look the same and um when that starts happening i'm like oh this is this is the echo chamber effect where everyone you might be using the same drills you might be using the same formats in your classes and everyone's program is about the same and it's just that thing where you think you're just thinking inside of these walls that yep. makes sense. So when we went over there, I was like, yes, let's just shatter this a little bit um, and learn something new and kind of think about, for me, I'm like, yeah, I've got to think about how we're actively doing this in the future, not just by visiting other gyms, but also kind of keeping ourselves accountable to reinforcing our own practices in here without looking elsewhere. You know, it makes me think like, yeah, like part of – what that 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 thing that you touched on there, which is strategically gaining influence from outside your your bubble mm. in order to evolve what it is that you're doing mm. go out like because you don't you can't do that all the time you at at a point you have to sit in your bubble and work on that mm-hmm. so it's 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 then okay at times we go out we seek inspiration, we bring it back. Could we could we add? Could we take? Could we remodel based off that inspiration? And then the the bubble evolves, gets bigger, looks different, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and that's happened over the years, hasn't it? Like every time one of us has gone through a different training process, 
Mm. You know, when I did the was hard on the movement thing, when T did the body weight thing, mm-hmm. um, if you did the fighting monkey thing, like mm. Movnat. Anytime we've had those experiences, it's always evolved what we're doing in this in this gym, mm-hmm. and it continues now with the coaches that we have and the experiences that we have collectively. Um, fuck, was I going with that? Yeah, so that's what I see. The that's the goal with the alliance, right? Totally. Where totally. where we want to create. A community where other gym owners can connect like gym owners can connect with other gym owners and mm-hmm. we can share this information so it just makes me think like when you said warm-ups and what i've been mulling over in my head it's like how do we actually do that like of course physical excursions are great and if you're proximal to those gyms then you can if they're in your town uh, but sometimes it's harder right like maybe jungle dublin opens mm-hmm. and they're like fuck we need some inspiration but there's no other alliance gyms there yet mm. You know, theoretically, they could go make friends with their neighboring gyms and, and do that thing. Though that is easier said than done because busy, because a little bit of a protectionist vibe that we all have as small business owners. And there might not be a gym near them that is anywhere near aligned with what they're doing. That's right. So it makes me think like on your specific example of the warm-ups, oh, we could do a really cool thing, say with the Alliance, where it might be like, feature different aspects of the gym and share them in a short video like oh hey here's uh like here's some highlights of warm-ups from our three top performing classes this week and we put that out there and all the other gyms all the other allies can see it yeah and then t goes well here's what we're doing in our warm-ups and then you know hdc and hobart are like here's what we're doing and it's just you're just seeing it and you can look you can take you can go i'm not interested oh that's cool oh what's that drill yeah, you know, oh, they're they're okay. They're all standing against the wall doing so. Oh no, they're moving down the room or games. You know, yeah, so, oh, games inspo. Yeah, that type of thing. Yeah, it makes me. I think that's a that's a cool like just in terms of content and a way to kind of share it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a nice little piece that everyone can understand because mm. they're always evolving. And you know, when it comes down to the 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 the, the main part of work in a class, it might look sim- more similar. You know, say it's lifting, it's strength, and you you know you're doing that work. But the personality of the class or how you can make it different often happens in the warm up for those people who don't go to group training classes. Um, so yeah, you're always trying to evolve them and make them a little different and um, engage the people. Like Matt was, he was really saying like fucking, um, you got to have useful information, but it's got to be what did he say? Something that's memorable or something. It's got to be interesting, compelling. And yeah, and I think he said interesting as well. Yeah, it's got to be compelling, and that's the time at the start of the class where you either draw them in and you get them on your side, or you just go through the same warm up and just kind of dribble into the rest of the class. I've been guilty of that many times. I mean, we all have been. Mm. Yep. It's yeah. There's a real there's a real discipline, and and particularly when you're. Like in that way where he's coaching us or for mm-hmm. a one-off thing, I think it's very easy to get fired up for that as yep. as a coach. Yes, yeah. But when you're going downstairs after a full day to coach the 5.15 Monday night that you've been doing for the last three years. You're not it, always trying to change the world no, with that session. But the re- <laughs> but I think w- the acknowledgement is that you should be trying to – Yeah. You should always try to bring something new. Well, if there was a framework, session, you know, in that way that he does, like if you have a framework, then you can be quite – not switched off, but you could be quite methodical about it. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to take class. And, you know, maybe one bullet point of your, your three things that you remember going in is what is my – what is my – you know, relevant to today 
what is my way of connecting with the members or what is my compelling thing that I'm going to say when we're just doing rotations. Just to think of that one thing, you know? Yeah. And, and that process might just help you do it even when you are feeling a bit disconnected from it. But, um, yeah, I really, really liked it. Yeah, so for the listeners, yeah, we, we were there for to be coached by a coach for coaching um, skills and methods and he was sharing that with us as well as, you know, going through some weightlifting. So we were learning some movements that not all the coaches have spent much time doing at all. Um, so he, he focused on weightlifting because I think we communicated between you and him and, and Dylan that's probably one thing that we want you to do because he's fucking great at it and we don't do a great lo- uh, a lot of it. So well, not, yeah. yeah, not all of our coaches. Not are, all of our coaches, I should are say. on that path. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, fucking, what did we do? Snatch. Snatch drills and then finish with some cleans. Yep. Little workout. I was saying to you this morning, I, yeah, I thought we were going to do more of a workout. He did it well because he, he adjusted on the fly based on who was there and how much time we had. Um, he's a fucking natural. I was like, this comes from thousands of hours of coaching. Yeah. Hey, and especially one type of, one corner of coaching, like really specialized. Um, but yeah, I was hoping to just blast blast myself across four different movements or something you wanted some metabolic conditioning uh, i just I, I psyched myself up for it because everyone was oh they're gonna smash us they're gonna smash us there i was like i was like yeah okay let's do it then everyone's like you've heard yeah. what they do at the crossfit gyms <laughs> 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 yeah there was a few coaches who were like uh in the morning i trained in the morning before we went they're like Oh, no, no, I'm going to save myself for last. Never (laughs) save yourself. (laughs) Never. I get hit by a car when you walk out on the street there and then you've missed that last workout you could have got. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, it was still tough. Cleans, traps are sore. Yeah. I mean, it was was good. I liked it. It wasn't, you know, it was as tough as you wanted it to be. Yeah. Go heavy or not. I didn't. Um, So tell me then – on the the importance of coaches development so that was obviously something that 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 we did from this gym essentially for our coaches to have I should say for your coaches to have you know an enriching experience mm. um, give me an overview of how the the coaches development takes place here yeah and think of it from the point of view of a person running a gym who has no coaches developed they don't have anything like that in place because we yeah. take this shit for granted. Yeah, yeah. Like I, so I, I, I grew up in this gym. So I haven't spent time in other gyms or Globo gyms with a group of PTs, with a gym manager and all that sort of thing. But I hear stories and I, I know lots of guys in the biz as well. It seems to me they have like mentorships or you just have a manager. And it seems like. Um, they have it, uh, the role. The role, I don't but know if it how? Does yeah, how they carry it out varies from place to place. So what we have here is a type of mentorship that we run here, um, and we provide a space for ongoing development of coaches. Um, that happens in in two spaces. So we have two different meetings during the week. One's um, a botany growth meet. It's a coaches meet, and that is. From the perspective of, it's actually like a staff meet, which we talk about stuff in the gym, the programming, 
um, members who are doing well, ones who are injured. Like there's a lot of that admin stuff in there. But it's also there for uh, us to develop the coaches from a tribe leader coaching classes perspective. Um, Because the other side of the business is that they're all personal trainers as well and they're trying to get better at coaching one-on-one and growing and developing their own sole trader business, their brand. So that's another meeting that we have during the week and that's a business development meeting and that's all about their business as a one-on-one coach. So it happens in those two meetings. Um, The one with business development, we really get stuck into, well, it's fucking, it's tough. It's pretty complicated because it's everyone walking around being a small business owner, being the director, the CEO of it, the accountant, the fucking shit kicker, person who delivers the product and the person who does the marketing all of those hats falls onto one person and you know that's why i think a lot of personal trainers don't make it a lot because the business side of it is really full on if you want to do it well if you want to do it with any sort of longevity and be healthy at the same time it's really tough to do so we try to in that business development meeting tackle all of those things help people manage it keep them accountable to the goals that they've set for themselves. Um, Yeah, make sure that everyone's all right, giving everyone a voice, um, sharing, sharing their experiences. So, you know, we know as gym owners, it's fucking hard. And when you're isolated, it's super hard. When we got into that, that business group, that was so great to go. There, first and foremost, I thought because we got there and there was a whole bunch of other gym owners who were just going through the same shit. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't learn anything from the from from anyone else, just the fact that knowing that there's other people doing the same thing, yeah, is just huge, just huge. So, um, in the business development, like first and foremost, that's just it. You're all in the room and you're all you you all got that time just to talk about your small business, and more often than not straight away someone's talking about something that speaks to what you're going through um and you know you can get tips from other people support from other people a lot of them are collaborating together and yeah we're just kind of getting better at what we want to do and trying to make you know a good business for them um and then also get better at doing the business and better at coaching as well and so the so there's the business side of it. And so you're saying that it's the other meeting where it's like the coaches, the coach, like the class coach development occurs. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So I guess just for, for framing it for listeners, it's, you know, on the whole, each week there's a time given yes. to building their coaching skills and then building them as a business operator. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Um. What was it like when we didn't have coaches development? Do you remember before that existed? Um, do I? Well, I think what, what what happened was we didn't have as many coaches. We didn't have the mezzanine. We didn't have the BJJ program. Um, we didn't have as many coaches and we had all the Jungle Brothers here. So we had, you know, we had... We, we were probably doing okay because we had enough organic conversations between you, me, them. To hold we it got, together. Yeah, we got Alan, we got Azza, you know. Yeah, was there a time when, with like say when Azza was here that we didn't have coaches, some kind of coaches development? 
Maybe it was always taken by by Tiora early on. Um, mate, look, I don't. I I do remember that. Like, I do remember going back to the old gym. There was there was just a heap of like. If we go back even further to when it was like Vic, we had Victor and we had Phil mm. Topolowski, you know, and and Ali and Alan. Yeah, things we held it down because we were. We were running the show and we, the three of us were here all the time. But I think when you're in that position where you don't have some kind of weekly check-in and space where you all come together and you discuss things relevant to the process that you're all in, mm-hmm. there's op- there's opportunities for people to go rogue. Absolutely. And there's opportunities for people to um, like start to fail and no one recognize it. Mm, mm. Like so and so is not making enough money, but they don't yeah. actually have a, an opportunity. Like they're not getting enough sessions. Yes, and they're looking for work elsewhere, but they don't actually have a formal space each week where they can say, "Oh, hey, I'm actually struggling. I need to pick up a few extra sessions per week mm. in order to pay my bills." Uh, that shit happens. So instead of having that conversation, you just get there. Hey, man, I got to bail. Uh, like I, I got to. I'm taking this gig with another group because they can give me you know 10 sessions you guys only got five and you're like oh shit why why didn't you tell me when so true yeah you just we should have yeah we should have had a, sp- a space for that to yeah totally to play out so when new coaches come in i've been slowly over the past year and a half since i've taken this kind of role because I, I run the coaches development and the business development um I, I hold that space for everyone i've been putting together some systems for me to onboard people and to support them that helps me support them keeps me accountable to making sure we're spinning all the plates at the same time but um i talk about uh systems and processes i love me a system and process oh oh um and so at the beginning i'm giving them quite a lot of information from different areas of their business and for everyone it's kind of a little bit unique with how they come to us and what they need to build up what they're lacking in straight away you need to get these bits up and running for your business to run or upskill whichever part that needs to be done but one that's me sorry i'm fiddling with this shit what is that that's it's because i'm like got my arms on the table so i'm like is it yeah but what's the what's actually bumping to make that noise probably this guy is it can you see the mic bumping there yeah one's got a no it's mine it's yours oh yeah i can see it it's right here is there something we can do about that? Oh, these these elastics are floppy on us. Will, we need Will. Right, please. We've been using the mic gear you gave us for free seven years ago. It's time for <laughs> another free upgrade. I can see it's right here. The problem. It's gone. Uh, it's perished. The elastic has perished. It's droopy. Oof. All right, as you were. Um, what was that? Yeah. So the with one of the processes that. I try to get them to do straight away is and this is thinking from if you're thinking of your own small business and you think of all the hats that you're going to have to wear I realize we're always thinking like oh, I've got to do marketing I've got to do product development I've got to do all the corners and I realize there's no uh, first you have to kind of have a general manager of your whole business that manages all of the hats that you have to wear before that and from that perspective, you need to organize your week and you need to have a process 
where you check in on all of these things. So the process is, firstly, is schedule out time to work on your business every day and meet that time all the time. Even if you think there's nothing to do, sit down, open up the book and you'll fucking realize there's heaps of stuff that you need to be doing. Like, oh, but I did five clients that day and I trained myself. It's like, no, but you've got to spend that 90 minutes or that 45 minutes just opening up the book and doing some part of your business. So anyway, they schedule uh, meetings and then in those meetings, I say I, I usually say lay out three 45 to 90 minute sessions a week where you check in on your business and where it's all out. And in those three sessions, you write a checklist on which parts of your business you're looking up on. Um, the first one, the first meeting always has some sort of metrics counter going on. So you reflect on the week that was and your metrics that might be important to you, uh, how many sessions you had that week, how much money you made last week or something like that. Um, but yeah, these are the type of things that we work on there to stop things like you know, just going in and kind of doing it on the fly having a coach kind of just running about, taking a client here, a phone call there, not really knowing how many clients they should have or they should be aiming towards. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I've completely skipped goal setting and that sort of thing, but that absolutely has to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a big one. And, then the, I, and I have that right at the beginning also because the one thing that they all have to do is a monthly report that I sit with them on and it's – at the end of the month, they can reflect on how many clients they had, how much money they made, did they meet the how much money they wanted to make their goal for that month or not, and then they can absorb that information and go, hey, I need to do this or I need to do that or I'm doing this really well. And it's less flying by the seat of your pants, more kind of working deliberately yep. on where you're at. Absolutely, absolutely, and being informed by those little times where you're reflecting on your business and those little meetings, you're checking in on your metrics or, and uh, yeah, going from there. So these, these like that, those processes that you have and correct me if I'm wrong, these are really the exact same processes you have in the business to run the gym. The same things we have to run the Alliance. Yeah. And it's, it's what's, what's awesome about doing it at that early stage as a PT, because you might only be a PT with like, I'm still working my old job, but I, I got half the week and I got like four friends that I train, like four clients. Yeah. It's like, yeah, still do this because if you keep moving in the direction of full-time PT and then maybe one day you want to move in the direction of gym owner, you will already have those habits in place. Yeah. Versus us, mm-hmm. opened a gym, mm. didn't have those habits in place until about four years into the game and so many mistakes made, mm-hmm. so much money, so many yep. opportunities wasted. Um, yeah, having that stuff from early on is it's it's invaluable. You're right, you're right. And what often happens is they look at it and they're like, "Oh, yeah, okay, I'll do that." They'll schedule it, but won't really stick with it. I've seen it happen heaps of time times until they start getting their books full, and then when their books start filling up, and they're trying to train at the same time and trying to have a bit of a life, and then they're like, "Fuck, this is all too much." I'm like, "Well, when when are you?" When are you checking in? When is your own meeting with yourself in the week? And then it kind of comes back as they need it. But yeah, it's, I think it's really essential. Talk to me about the, um, so that's like the business development side. Sorry, yeah. Talk to me about like the coach's development side, just in, in terms of like 
why is that important? Why is that important for the gym and for the brand? What sort of stuff are you looking at there? Mm. So our philosophy here, you know, this is a Jungle Brothers thing. It's, it's not just exclusive to us, but something that we've recognized early on as a value of ours, and that is to always be striving to evolve and, and better ourselves. So we take pride in what we do and we're trying to improve everywhere, whether it's training or fucking learning how to type faster or, you know, every, everywhere we're just trying to, trying to be better. Um, and that goes the same for our coaches here. Um, we want them evolving all the time. And, you know, I, you could probably share your thoughts on why that is, what that is, but probably just on a human level. Um, yeah, it's, it's essential, I think, to, to make something worth doing, isn't it? Yeah. You want to be you want to be growing and evolving. Yes. Versus you don't want to look back and go what's changed over the last few years? Well, nothing. Programming's the same, delivery's the same. Like I think we yeah, I think yeah, it, it, for this thing to be engaging and not not to say that everyone has to chase that, mm. but I think for folks like us and people mm-hmm. who come to our gym, people who work here who tend to be oriented towards personal growth yes you know not to put a you know a lame term like that on it but people who like like learning new shit and you know expanding their horizons evolution is just an essential part of that yeah so coaches development is a system where we can always be like checking in on how that's going first and foremost so we have a feedback loop feedback culture in here where we have our meetings and People, we have a space where people can give feedback, negative or positive, but always coming from a good place. Um, we talk about feedback as giving gifts to each other, um, but it's a real kind of... i got a fucking gift for you this got, week, bro. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, we have, we've got a good culture of it here, I think, because um, there's a lot of love amongst the coaches and... We're all there with the same mindset and same values, so people take it well. Um, although sometimes it's hard, but it's a space where you're being critiqued for how you coached on the floor, or because you left the place messy, or I saw you coaching someone, and you know why were you doing that? It might just be to question it. I and got then, feedback once that I was picking my nose while teaching jujitsu class. There and you go. It's like you're picking your nose. That's disgusting. I don't yeah. think members are going to like that. Like, fuck you, bro. I'm a black belt. <laughs> Do what I want. Do what I want. <laughs> That's black belt snot. <laughs> no, I was like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or you but, smell. But yeah, sometimes. yeah, like, or you, you got bad breath. Like, yeah. fickle stuff, mm-hmm. but that shit's important. Totally. Isn't it? And without someone there to tell you, you might never know. Mm. And, and yeah, so. Or maybe not so fickle. So, um, Often I, we get feedback for the gym and sometimes, we, we, yeah, we, we get feedback from the gym. You know, someone might say, hey, the way that you guys are doing this programming, I'm like, what's the intention there? Because I think at the moment the direction it's heading, you know, might, I don't think it's so great. Or it, You've had some, that? Not, that's probably not the example. I can't think of one that's come to my head, but... You know, they've definitely give us, given us um, feedback on comms like this year. 
Like going to change and not having told the members or something. Yeah, yeah, that yep. type of shit, you know, or an event that happened and it kind of just trickled into the event and it didn't hit with impact and people kept asking them what's going on. Like that was a bit of feedback that we got and we've done better to change that, um, you know, things like that. So it's, it's it's not just fickle stuff, but it's, you know, it's business stuff. It's um, someone might be talking to someone about, you know, their how their life and what's going on in their life is starting to bleed onto the floor when they're, when they're coaching classes. Like, you know, some shit gets heavy in here. Yeah. We've had some people's backs get right up, but, um, you know, that's that's what fucking human interaction is, is like copying that, listening to that, and absorbing it and then processing it, and getting better at processing criticism. Which on that, you got to, like from for, for a gym owner or business owner, you have to, like we've spoken about creating the space for the coaches to share feedback, Mm -hmm. but to get feedback from your members, you have to create the space for that too. So you've Mm. got to have a system in place because some people will offer it, but generally people won't. So you need to be like, you have to make it easy for them to tell you what they really think. Don't you? Yes. Suggestions, box surveys. Yep. Going and having a conversation with them. Like you have to seek it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, coming back to the coach's development in that meeting um there's the feedback um and then there's a bunch of uh admin stuff in there where we talk about the members um members who are winning members that are injured or in a crisis and we'll discuss those um so that everyone's aware of what's going on or the limitations that someone might have in class we discuss uh, new members and have a new members profile, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What about like um, what about skills, coaching skills, stuff like that? New movements, progressions. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, we have an agenda item for all this stuff that I'm babbling on about, uh, like an agenda list for the for the meeting, and it's shared on a, a project management platform thing, so people can chuck in items for the meeting. Um, so yeah, if there's the one of the Agenda items is programming and it's time for us to deliver new elements of programming or ask people for feedback or it's if they've gotten like they're coaching a class and they coach the movement and they were struggling to find a regression or something, that's the space for that. Absolutely. So um yeah, we have coaches do that, like they want to break a movement down or they've got a criticism of the movement as not being um you know it uh, not being as effective for the majority of the class or maybe not programmed to hit the middle of our tribe, if you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, and, and then obviously when we have new phases come out, whoever's writing that program delivers to the coaches. Um, in this case, next week we have a new strength and movement phase happening the week after. So next week Dylan will present. We'll present the program, present the movements, progressions, regressions, how we're progressing it over the six weeks or whatever that might be. Um, a chance for people to play with them there and ask questions. And it kind of goes on like that. That's cool. <clears throat> I get, yeah, and you guys often do, um, you still do the videos of that and like put that, sometimes that goes onto the YouTube or sometimes it gets shared amongst the coaches. Just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. That was just too to like an extra step yeah too involved yeah um so it's like just be here on the day yeah yeah go through that shit yeah, be here on the day and the coaches who coach it 
The coaches who write it know the people who coach it. Yeah. And the people who coach it know the right. So they're, they're always like finding a way to communicate. Yeah, because not everyone coaches everything, do they? No, that's right. Which is which is a good thing, you know, something to make note of. We there's so much on offer at this gym. Yep. That it's sort of it's not really feasible that every coach would be able to coach everything. We have coaches that specialise in certain areas and so they stick to those areas primarily. Mm. Um though we're not restricted to those areas. Um what about uh tell me about like the there's workshops, like say when you get me in or you get Dills to come in and talk about a specific thing. Might yep. be a communications piece, yes. sales, etc. So this is skipping back to the business development half where we're looking at developing the individual business of the coaches as personal trainers. Um, so, yeah, we'll try to mix it up. We look for anyone that is a great resource to speak on anything, really. Um, so we'll ask, we've asked you many times to come in or JT's done a few, um, to come in and basically inspire people, drop some knowledge on them, um, and, yeah, have a bit of a feature prezzo on it. Those are awesome because week in, week out, um, if I'm there delivering information, it's just it's just, just great to have a, another perspective like we were talking about before on the same topic too. Um, so, yeah, we've had you come in and do some amazing prezzos and – really fired up the coaches on um, on marketing, on social media. Um, JT came in on another arm of marketing and, and talking about network and stuff, systems that he's fucking really fashioned over years and years of personal training. Some amazing knowledge that came in that one in, in one of his sessions, you know. Uh, Dylan who he's had a life of sales before he got into into being a coach and he's done several sales workshops and just gone deep on a topic. It's fucking awesome to have that. The other week, I ran an impromptu photography fucking hour, which was really cool. Um, I'd like to do that more. It's just fun. Yeah. Um, but everyone has a social media account and everyone's their own marketing Um marketing guy or girl so it helps to know this shit how to post stuff we've seen all the fitzbo accounts online everyone has to have one you just have to and whether you like it or not and learning how to take half decent photos goes a long way in speaking in that medium being having more impact out there and being able to reach people that you that you want to help so yeah photography how to take better photos how to troubleshoot taking photos in our gym space um, yeah, uh, and everyone really enjoys that. I think I think those just as an observation, like I see why you break them. Like you've got like uh, like the coaches meeting, and then you got the business development. Mm. But I'm thinking of it like sort of globally of of all of that. Looking at what you give to the coaches here, and thinking of it, another gym owner that might be listening, and how they could sort of frame it. I think it's all development. Right, like it's all yeah. and it all benefits the gym, mm-hmm. and it all benefits the individual. Yes, like it doesn't have to be split that way. That's just how you choose to frame it. Yeah, sure. But it's yeah. like if it's the business development, meaning they're learning about social media, they're learning about sales, communication, queuing. Mm. That makes them a better coach on the floor. Yes, yeah, that's you know, right. like it's and it's really the overarching thing. There is how can we 
develop these guys through all of the aspects that it takes to be good to work in fitness. Yep. Whether you want to just coach classes or you want to run a PTBs or you want to run your own gym, the skill sets are like, there's so many. And so it's like, all right, we're just, here we are. We're focusing on this. Next week it's this or next month. Like it's, it's all of it. Absolutely. And you're doing it together. Like big part of why it's so fucking good is because everyone turns up. Right now, um, the coach bonding and just the collaboration going on between them is really strong. Like the, the, our meetings are full. They're full right now. And we've probably got more coaches now than we've had at any one time. But we've just got a huge buy-in and it really works the more people turn up and the more people share. So, um, you know, that takes time to to nurture that sort of environment. And, yeah, it's something that's really made us smile lately, just having everyone working together and showing up for those hours and really mm-hmm. valuing them. I remember it wasn't that easy in the beginning, right? When it was like, hey, guys, you got to show up to this meeting. The middle of the day. And it's going to be like, what was it, like two hours all up? With It is now, yeah. Yeah, and, and I have I, them back I, to back purely because like, it's easier to get everyone together like that. I don't have two hours that I can just give you. Yeah. It's like, no, these two hours are a val- will be a value. For, like, you will benefit from this. And yeah. I think that's a, that's a lovely response that they all show up now is because yeah. they all say, ah, oh, fuck, this is really good for me. Yeah. I mean, the reality is it's the same. Sh- it's a lot of it is the same stuff that they would be paying a business coach thousands of dollars a month. Hugely, yeah. To, to go and do elsewhere. That's right. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's fucking fun, actually. Like, when I think about it, and it's probably the same for some of the coaches, I'd say it's a nice part of the week where you come in on Thursday mornings and everyone's smashing out a bit of PT coaching classes or whatever, and then you all get upstairs and... Someone's making coffee, someone's having their mid-morning snack. Lately, there's been some sweetie treats coming in here. Just Never say no. The laptops are out and people are kind of ready to get into a bit of work and discussion. And yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool little spell of the week. Guys, let's get this finger bun and then let's get this work. <laughs> <laughs> we've had finger bun. <laughs> we've, got, we've got a bakery. Um, connect. Connect. Whether they're an your owner network of the is your network. Net basically, <laughs> shout out to JT. Um, but yeah, these members—they bring us these fucking trays of goodies. They love know? it. They feel good when they watch the, the the fitness people eating the the bad foods. Yes. So there's a bit of black coffee and you know chopping boards out and we're cutting it up. Mm. Yeah, it's nice. Um, what was I? What was I going to add to that? That was. Didn't always happen. Oh, yeah. One of the considerations about adding this coach's development mm. uh, was, and this is really relevant for a gym like ours. This mm. is if, mm. if you have or you aspire to have a gym like this, you're generally not going to be in a key location like a Fitness First or something like that. These big gyms get, you know, Main Street frontages or shopping centers or plazas, whatever, where they get heaps of foot traffic. They're big brands. They've got big marketing budgets. They have huge numbers of leads coming into those gyms each week. So what you can say then to a coach, like if you've got a bunch of PTs that pay rent to be there, you can say, well, you're going to have 50 leads a week that you can trawl through. of leads. Yeah, like just fucking go through and catch them. No wonder they don't care so much about them. Yeah, so if you, you know, so there's volume. Whereas for our gym, we don't have any of that. You don't have the frontage. You don't have the marketing budget. You don't have that, that quantity of leads. 
you only have a couple of leads coming through, which means that there's much less of a pool for for PTs in the space to get new clients from. Mm. So the that was the, the the value exchange for us was well we can't give you the volume of leads but we can give you the skill sets we can we can educate you and we will give and you know and that's in exchange for you paying rent to use this gym mm. we will do our absolute best to make you a savage in this business absolutely and I think that that's that's a beautiful thing it's like you know it's just recognizing all right here's what we don't got but we can definitely do this and this will enable you to go anywhere and be amazing at what you do that's a really good point because it um it extends on the idea of evolution so the constant evolving thing for our coaches here is that we don't want them to be coaching here forever we want them to go on to have big careers doing whatever they wanted to do in this space including owning their own space and looking after their own tribe and making you know a unique special community space of their own opening jungle alliance gym yeah pretty much pretty much so um we're clear about that at the beginning um it would be easier to have the same staff on at the same time slots and they're just in there and everyone's just doing their thing all the time um but it's it i couldn't be a gym owner here and just have someone working on the floor knowing that they've got nowhere to go from here like ah oh, yes we love doing this thing and but where are they going to evolve into JB's for life JB's for life where are they going to evolve into um and you know I always I always thought of the film industry um when we started this gym and and me spending my first years like understanding the business and everything because I used to see it happening all the time with the truck bitches that you mentioned before and um so we used to work on these crews all the time and part of what you need in a lot of businesses and crews is you need some good, young, feisty labor. You need them to be keen and energetic and just willing and ready to be a soldier to do whatever you want to do. But in a small company or a small team in the film industry, um, what's your long-term plan for that person? There's not usually a long-term plan for that guy. Um, so we saw in the film industry heaps of kids being brought in by these older guys that just wanted labour but with no long-term plan and the work is finite in that industry often um, and, you know, there's a lot of people who just get frustrated. There's no way for them to evolve upward. They definitely don't think of that. They're, it's very owner-operated in the film as well from the technician side that we're in. Yeah. Um, so coming into here, I'm like... I don't want to commit the same crimes. We don't want to like bring all these young coaches in and just be like, yep, cool. You just coach all the classes. We'll stay up in the office and make bank. It's yeah. like we want them to keep going somewhere. So they got uh, gyms like that. They call them F45. <laughs> Basically, you know? Yeah. So we're like, fuck that. You know, let's get them in. Let's face the reality that is you've got to be setting them up for leaving from the time that they fucking get in here. Yeah. So we want them to learn all the business side of things so that they can keep going and do what they were really here to fucking do. Because everyone, all the coaches deep down want to have their own space. As soon as they walk into a business, they're like, oh, fuck, I love this space. But I would do, you know, for me, I'd do it like this with that, you know. So, man, we're trying to get them to think about leaving from the day that they they get in here. That's an interesting point. I often think about 
the jiu-jitsu world where you have black belt you have like a coach and they bring a student up through the belts over the years and they you know eventually their student becomes a black belt and you hear this story play out a lot the student then wants to leave and open their own gym and it's it it's it happens like I don't, I don't know why it happens so much but there will be a falling out at that point between the coach and their black belt because I don't know it's like for some reason they're now not aligned and then the black belt goes and opens their gym and it's a whole new brand and affiliated with somebody else and it's like the fuck happened there like what did what did you think like did you think that they were just going to be a black belt and want to come to your classes forever how did they have a black belt gym in the first place yeah like obviously got it got their black belt and opened their gym yeah like surely you can kind of see that they're on a part yeah you know so if you anticipate the the smart ones will anticipate that and they'll Mm. go hey man i got this awesome system for you to slot into you can take my brand and you know and then you got to pay me an affiliation fee or whatever, you know, what do they call it in, in JITS? But, and, and then you go and, you know, and they're like, great, do my own thing. You know, yeah. and that's, and it's like, <clears throat> but so, you see so many falling out. Of that Fuck, sucks. What went wrong? Like whose expectations were, and I, I believe it's generally like the, the leader or the, the senior figure yes. in that relationship. Mm. It's just not anticipating that there is a timeline and a duration to all of these things. Totally. Yeah, and to use an analogy you know we're trying to collaborate with the white belt to say hey you're fucking on your white belt now and you're loving it and when you eventually get your black belt want to open your gym like let's collaborate on that level from day one because that is a pathway that you can totally take and i want you to have that so you're thinking about that when you're going through all the levels of the belts and when you arrive there you've done a lot of work towards making that next step because the step from amazing coach who's been coaching like a weapon like really refined skills for many many years jumping to gym owner it's like it's com- there's a lot of different things you need to cover going across like that so trying to bring that business mind to them and vision to themselves you know while they're developing so when they get to the right time there's a ja near you Boos. that's a strong point to finish on <laughs> thanks paulie thanks joey thanks fam catch you guys next week peace <laughs>